Are you looking to expand your team? Well, look no further than Indeed. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering SPQ listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com SPQ. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com SPQ. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th, 2020. You've heard me talk about Pick My Brain Sessions, the 60-minute specialized one-on-one sessions with me. Now, you also may be thinking, hmm, I'm on the fence. I don't know if I should book this session. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I don't know if Ayana can help me. Well, my best advice to you is ask someone. Ask someone who has had a session with me. Recently on an Instagram Live, we were talking about the fear of wasting your money making an investment that does not net the type of results that you want. So there are quite a few women who have had Pick My Brain sessions with me on that Instagram Live. So my suggestion to those on the fence was, go and DM these people who are giving you feedback and saying that they loved their experience. Go and DM them. Ask them why they love their experience. Ask them what they were dealing with before they booked a Pick My Brain session with me. And make your own determination. Find out for yourself if it is worth your investment. After every session, I always ask my participants for feedback. I want to know if they would recommend a session to a friend. And one recent participant, she's had multiple sessions with me. And this is what she had to say about recommending a session to a friend. She says, I always think that it can be helpful to obtain a second opinion. Ayana is not afraid to provide honest feedback, so it gives her clients the ability to successfully improve their ideas and business concepts. If you're ready to allow me to help you to understand and implement the changes that will help you to get from where you are to where you want to be, head over to switchpivotorquit.com and book your 60-minute Pick My Brain session with me today. During the Switch, Pivot, or Quit chat, we talk to women that have successfully navigated through some of the plot twist years of life and are eager to share their stories and what they've learned in the hopes of inspiring, teaching, or making even the slightest impact by candidly owning their truth. Hey, girl, hey, and thanks for dropping in to the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Candid convo for the girl needing a lifestyle plot twist when she's deciding if it's time to switch, pivot, or quit. I'm Ayana Angel, a former sports entertainment publicist in New York City, turned traditionally published author with Simon & Schuster, who quit my old life to write a book, live in London for a bit, and explore my dreams to find my happiness and fulfillment. I'm here to help encourage and guide you through your plot twist years as your chief encourager and host of the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast so far. And check out switchpivotorquit.com for even more personal and professional development resources. But for now, 
Just sit back, open your mind, and enjoy the show. On today's show, we're chatting with Claire Summers, an author, entrepreneur, and owner of Fashion Bomb Daily. Claire is the founder of FashionBombDaily.com, and she's the industry's leading fashion blogger, chronicling fashionistas of color. Her pioneering work ushered in a new wave of digital journalism that fed and fueled an underserved community of African-American and Latino style lovers wanting to know more about brands from the culture. Beyond developing and directing content for Fashion Bomb Daily and its affiliate sites, Claire has done extensive style writing for Vogue Italia, Vogue Paris, and Essence Magazine, among others. Her body of work and online following has made Claire the influencer of choice for major corporate brands, including Toyota, Reebok, Verizon, and others. Claire, who hails from Atlanta, Georgia, holds a degree in French and African-American studies from Harvard University. In 12 years, Claire has accumulated over 1.3 million followers socially, written a book, The Bomb Life, and is now working on her second book. A little fun fact, for those of you who know my story, you know that I once co-owned a jewelry line and the Fashion Bomb Daily was one of the first publications to feature my jewelry line and they actually featured it multiple times and it was such an honor because the Fashion Bomb Daily is a staple in the community that we were targeting for the jewelry line. So it is fun for things to come full circle and to have this chat with Claire, which we got really in-depth about a lot of things her journey, her story, her trials and tribulations, her triumphs, and more. So listen in close so you don't miss a thing. Okay, welcome to the show, Claire. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get started. I'm very excited for this chat. So let's start by diving into your early years. What was your very first paying job? So my very first paying job when I was not an intern was (laughs) as a researcher reporter at a magazine called Real Simple Magazine. I had graduated from Harvard with a degree in French and African-American studies, and I knew that I just wanted to make a difference behind the scenes in media. Um, In school, I learned about the unbalanced representations of people of color in the media, and I wanted to be one of those people behind the scenes who made a difference. Um, And I initially wanted to go into TV, but I couldn't get a job in TV. So I went home to Atlanta and I was like, if I want to tell stories, you know, the written word is just as powerful as the spoken word. So I sent out a few inquiries to local magazines. I got my first internship at Upscale Magazine. I absolutely loved it. I was a fashion intern and that's kind of where everything started. Mm. And afterwards, you know, I was, I, I kind of knew that I had to intern for a little while before I got my full, my first full-time job. So mm. Um, right out of college, I did an unpaid internship at Upscale. Then I went to New York Magazine. I was like, I need to move to New York. That's the center of media. Right. And I just looked for whatever internships were paying. Um, and I found three. I applied to those three and I, and I got them. So New York Magazine was the first one. I was paid $5.15 an hour. Wow. Then I, yeah. <laughs> 
Then I went to New York Newsweek magazine, and I think we were probably paid like ten to twelve dollars an hour. Okay. But um, after doing all those internships and not having um, health insurance, and you know, just kind of feeling unstable, I was offered this position as a researcher reporter, and it wasn't the perfect job, mm-hmm. but you know, it had a decent salary. Um, I had weekends, I had vacation, I had health insurance. So I was right. like, you know what? I'll be in a magazine and I can move, move and groove from there. Mm-hmm. It was definitely one of those situations where it was, it was not my dream job, but I was just kind of doing it um, because I got the job and two, because right. I, I just had a plan to, to see how I can navigate from there once, once I got there. Right. And sometimes you have to take those unexpected chances because you never know what one thing will lead you to another thing. So that's great. Uh, Now, is this the job that you sort of um, ran from to start Fashion Bomb Daily or talk us through how Fashion Bomb Daily sort of came about? Because from my understanding, you weren't exactly happy happy with what was going on for you. So you sort of started to sort of create your own lane. That's right. Yeah. So I was a researcher reporter and that job is is just not glamorous. We fact checked the facts in the magazine back in the day when magazines had big budgets. (laughs) We would have to make sure that all the spelling was correct and all the facts were correct before we went to print. Because if you went to print and something was incorrect, it was like a huge deal. Right. You can't take it back. (laughs) Right. So um, that was my main job, but I really wanted to continue to write fashion or beauty, I was open to both of them. And, you know, while I was there, I would, you know, ask the fashion editors if I could write for their department. Um, And I would ask if they could go to fashion shows, if they had extra invites and things like this. And one of the editors, she told me, she was like, fashion, you won't like it. You know, people are mean. They're just mental. They'll look up and down. You don't want to do this. Um, but long story short, I, I did, I was able to write fashion, um, fashion articles and I was, you know, just researching stories mainly about fashion and interviewing people, but I wanted to move into the fashion department and that was the issue. I even asked, um, my superior, if they could create a new role for me, like fashion writer, or fashion researcher, reporter, and mm-hmm. she was like, no, go kick rocks. Really? So, yeah. So it was one day I went to Human Resources and I told her of my aspirations to, to write in fashion. And she was like, well, first things first, you need to have an online presence. All these people are doing these things called websites, so you should make <laughs> one. Um, and so I made ClaireSalmers.com, which still exists, but I just felt that ClaireSalmers.com was boring. It was just my resume and the oh, article cool. that I had written. So I, one of my web designer at the time, she recommended I start a blog and I did. And then when I thought about what I wanted to write about, I was like, well, I love fashion. So let me right. just start writing about fashion. So the blog was really, you know, supposed to be a supplement, something I did for fun. And it, it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. talk to us about the early days of growing the Fashion Bomb Daily. So you start this blog. At what point did you start to realize like, okay, this is a thing and I want to really create a niche with this? Yeah, I mean, I think for anybody starting a blog or an online movement, it's about figuring out what what hasn't really been done. Mm -hmm. My first posts were about me like shopping in Brooklyn and I was like, oh, I could do something on 
budget, shopping on a budget in Brooklyn, but then I would look around and there were different websites that already did that. Okay. Um, and so I think I just tapped into my, my African-American, my love of African-American studies and my researching skills. But I just remember somebody wrote me and they were like, they sent me some random picture and asked me to find out where this person got like a pair of socks or something. Mm-hmm. And I found it. And then, you know, then I was like, oh, well, somebody else asked me like, what are these bandages? dresses that everyone was wearing and at the time Hervé Leger dresses were were huge so Mm -hmm. I I, I started to become that resource where everyone would come to find out celebrity looks Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also was just like oh you know like this issue issue of diversity and fashion and you know at the time I think Suede magazine was around but maybe Mm -hmm. it had just shut down Mm -hmm. so we really just slowly but surely became that place that was all about, you know, fashion for women of color, um, specifically African-American women. And um, we just, I think it was one day, I can't remember, I looked at my analytics and, you know, normally the post would just be my mom or my friends. Being like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, 300 people visit today. This is, this is wild, you know? Yeah. I think it's always been, it still continues to surprise me how many people are aware of the brand and how big it's grown. But back then to now, we've been able to stand out because we are the o- kind of the only place that does what we do. Like mm-hmm. we have a focus on people of color and fashion. You know, we're the only blog where you would see a who wore it better between Joe Budden and T.I. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like between Juju and Carla USA star, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Vogue or Elle, they don't know who Joe Budden is or they don't consider him a stylish person or they don't consider T.I. or Tiny or, you know, so so we really kind of, we know we know who these celebrities are. We see how impactful they are to our culture and we right. just celebrate them in a positive way through fashion. So when you, when you started to notice like the growth for fashion bomb daily, what did that look like for you? And, and what were some of the opportunities and things that were coming your way that maybe were a little unexpected because this just started off as a blog, right? Yeah. Um, the opportunities, they, they came slowly, but surely, I mean, I think, you know, we benefited from, you know, the YBF, for example, she would link, link to us frequently. Um, Young, Black, and Fabulous. Right. Concrete Loop would, would link back to us because back in the day, I was one of the few bloggers at Fashion Week. I was crashing, you know, at the Baby Fat Show and mm. pictures and, and things like this. And we were getting really great traffic. But um, I honestly feel that the opportunities didn't really come until I started to put myself out there. You know, I would look at shows like H&M. They always used to do these collabs with designers. And I think they've done them pretty... I don't know if they stopped doing them, but, you know, they've done them with Balmain and Lomain and Versace and all these different brands. And I would look at these shows that would be going on in New York and I'd be like, why am I not there? You know, Mm -hmm. like, that's Mm -hmm. Has such great traffic. We have all the, all these visitors, right? And 
were really not in the building. And, you know, for a long time, I was crashing these, these shows because I was like, there, I keep asking and asking and asking. The answer is no, no, no. And I feel like I need to be there. So how can I make it happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I would take a chance and, 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 and that risk would pay off. And yeah, I, honestly, for a long time, I got away with it. But um, I, I ran <laughs> Do an issue with a with a fellow blogger who was um, trying to stop my blessings or, or stop what's really? happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we can get into that later. But there's a lot of competition out there. Okay. Um, and you just have to kind of like deal with it. I mean, I think my whole trajectory, and I know we'll get there later on, but, you know, in life, you're going to meet adversity. You're going to meet encounter enemies. You're going to encounter people who don't want to see you in, who are actually working very hard to make sure that you fail. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? And a lot of people say, oh, the devil is busy. And and you can get, get discouraged and be like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should quit. Maybe mm-hmm. this isn't for me, mm-hmm. um, but I think my faith is really what has sustained me, and just knowing that God has got me. Right. And, and and I think after a few times, when you're just like, okay, I'm I'm against this enemy, and it seems so formidable, and it seems like I can't win. I'm losing, and they're winning. That's what it always seems like. But if you just keep the faith and stay graceful, and always do the right thing obviously learn from your mistakes and don't do the, you know, if, if you did the wrong thing, even if you didn't mean to do the wrong thing, right. Pledge never to do that again and to do better. But if I, I know that if you're consistent, you always show up and you always do quality work, you will always get noticed. And it's not about the short run. It's about the long run. And, right. it, you know, are you in this for, for the long haul? And if, it, and, Honestly, I do feel that you people will recognize your game and and respect what you're doing and you will break through eventually. Absolutely agree. I just posted something on Instagram yesterday, I think it was, where it was just talking about eventually, you know, like you you have to keep going because eventually what you want to see happen will happen, but like you said, you have to stay consistent, you have to stay committed to your process because Things just don't happen overnight. And for clarity's sake, let's let's tell them exactly when you started Fashion Bomb Daily. What year was that? 2006, I started Fashion Bomb Daily. Wow. Um, and I started it, it was just, you know, a blog spot. I updated it once a day. I, I was committed to updating it once a day. I had a full-time job at the time. So mm-hmm. I would go to coffee shops over the weekend and I would draft up enough posts so that I could schedule them throughout the week. Or I would work late at night. I would work during my lunch break. Um, But it was definitely something that I was doing, you know, after work or when I could find spare time. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it was a passion for me and it still is a passion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would go places like in, in Brooklyn, there was a place called Havana Outposts where yes, I a lot of, you remember? <laughs> yeah. Yes. A lot of dope people would hang out mm-hmm. and I would be there with my digital camera. And of course, I would always try to just go and enjoy myself. But as at, then as now, you go somewhere and you want to enjoy yourself, but then you're like, wow, they look great. And, and mm-hmm. you, know, you can get some content. Yeah, and you document it. Yes. And, 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 and that's what Fashion Bomb is. Aside from all the celebrity stuff, we, we documented this culture, you know, as street style started to 
come up and come become more mainstream and and even like trends from 2006 to now yes that online uh documentation of what was hot and popping in the quote-unquote urban um hip-hop community you just made me think of something i don't know if you've thought about this before but the word documenting and art history and sort of like the role that Fashion Bomb Daily has played? Like, have you thought about doing some type of nostalgia documentary? Yeah, I'm actually working on a book um, called Fashion Bomb Daily. Okay. It's going to be a look back at at everything we've done and a lot of the highlights. And um, I'm going to talk more about it at my event in Atlanta this weekend. I'm having um, a Convos with Claire Mm -hmm. uh, event in Atlanta. And Convos with Claire, as, as you know, is an opportunity for people of color or people who love fashion, period, who don't see themselves represented, who don't feel included in, in the latest fashion world. It's a, it's a time for us to get together and show our style and also learn and build and grow from each other. So, so what would have been useful for you to know before embarking on this, this current career path and journey? Well, there's so many things. Um, I think I think there's a lot in the name, and you know, even as I think of creating new organizations, because I'm endlessly creative, right? And, right. and I also think that you know, people have to understand that this is a creative field, which means you have to create, like no one is going to give you ideas. No one is going to give you a story to write. Um, And I think a lot of times in magazines, I'd be like, oh, I need to know this editor or that editor. And, And you can know them, but then you need to have a pitch and you have to have a compelling pitch and you have to find a way like you're only as good as, as the work you create. So, mm-hmm. so do good work and never think that people are watching you. Um, everybody's paying attention. And so even people you don't think are, they, they know who you are and they're looking at what you're doing. So I would say just be very careful about curating everything that you do online, um, define what your brand is and always stick to those values be a person of integrity. Uh, But back to what I was saying initially was pick a great name, you know, and I think your, your, your um, podcast has an amazing name. I mean, it's, it's it's literally what so many people deal with as uh, so many young women are embarking on entrepreneurial ventures. Like what should they do? This, This stuff gets hard. It does. So what, what, what decision should you make? Is this really, is this really what you want to do? Because sometimes the answer is quit. A lot of people are are, are, are are like, oh no, just keep going. And I'm one of those people that if if you you're you're breaking through and you're getting you're finding encouragement and and things are progressing, you should definitely stick to it. But then there are some things that are just not meant for you, and it's time for you to to switch or pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, I would say pick a great name. Um, Fashion Bomb Daily, I've fallen in love with the name and I think a lot of people appreciate the name. Um, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't, and the initial name was the Fashion Bomb. 
Mm-hmm. And I did get the URL for the Fashion Bombs. We had to do Fashion Bomb Daily. And if you find us on any social media, it's like some, some, our Twitter is the Fashion Bomb and our Facebook is the Fashion Bomb. Instagram is Fashion Bomb Daily. But I would just say pick a wonderful name that aptly represents what you're doing. Make sure that you own that name all across the board. Um, There are so many uh, pieces of advice, but I would say just aside from business advice, like making sure you have an accountant, making sure that all your taxes are taken care of and that you're doing everything right in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you see the front facing of a brand like yours that you've created, but What does it really look like on the back end? You know, there's all these people that have aspirations, like you said, of being entrepreneurs or being entrepreneurial. And a lot of people think that creating a blog is going to be their segue to create this different lifestyle for themselves. But I think that there's sort of like this curtain that hasn't been unveiled where people really realize what it takes to run a successful, profitable brand that has like a digital base, especially like a blog or something of that nature. What are some of the things that that come to mind when I say that? I think that some people don't believe that it's work, you Mm -hmm. know, and and you have to not, you don't have to just be creative in what you write. You have to be creative in how you make money, you know, because it, it, you, you have to do a lot of outreach Sometimes, like I remember before Fashion Bomb was profitable, I, I looked at problogger.net, I looked at Yarrow Staric. I was like, okay, how can I make this profitable? Okay, I can sell sidebar ads and you can have subscriptions and people can just click there and they can have, have advertising. But even with that, that was working for a long time, but then people started to go away from websites and then they went to social media. Right. So then it's about how do you, how do you, uh, advertise on social media? Um, I, I even like, cause fashion bomb was so big. We had over a million followers. We were raking in the money when it came to, to ad sales. Right. But then mm-hmm. it went away. Um, but now we have the Claire Somers brand that, that I look to promote and I DM people and I'm like, what are your promo rates? Some people don't check their DMs. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know what's going on. Their prices are too high for, for their followers or they're right. too low or something or they're not responsive. And I'm just like, you have to treat this like a business. Mm-hmm. Take it seriously. Take yourself seriously. Every image you put out, if that if that's your, your business, then make sure that it's a great image. Curate your feed. Everybody I know who is a top blogger, like 100K followers or more, everybody that I know, not saying that everybody who has over 100K followers does this, but they plan out their feed in a certain way so that it's curated in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do outreach to, to different brands. I am like, um, book me as a speaker a lot. A lot. I had, I redesigned my website so that people can book me easily. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things that you have to do and you have to be super organized. Um, I, I, um, I wake up at 5am every day, sometimes 520, sometimes, you know, whatever, but I wake up at 5am and I do that so that I can plan my day and every day at 8 a.m. I am at a dry erase board Mm. planning out every single hour 
And then I keep a time log just so that I'm not procrastinating and wasting time. Um, But these are just a few things. Like if you're going to do something, you have to do it well and, and, and figure out, expend every resource. A lot of times people can be like, I sent a bunch of DMs and nobody responded. Mm -hmm. Send some more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have another batch. Yeah. Yeah, if you reach out to 20 people and they don't get back to you, reach out to 100. One person will come through. And it's not going to be the skies open and and money gushes forward. It is one of those things where you you have to be consistent with Mm -hmm. it and understand that you have to understand what what you're offering to people, yes, and also hone in on, on that and make sure that what you're offering to people is of quality, like... If I'm a speaker, I I just met with my speech coach last night and I might meet with my acting coach next week. So mm-hmm. I'm investing in my product so that the product is of quality. But then you, you also have to market yourself um, and, and you have to do outreach sometimes. And, um, you know, I do consultations with with different influencers and I will literally tell them exactly what to do and how to do it mm-hmm. and I'll look back. And they haven't changed anything, right? Yeah, that's the disappointing part. I think <laughs> a lot of a lot of people say that they want stuff, and I and I'm with you because I do pick my brain consultations, and I'll tell people what to do, exactly what to do, and I'll give them all this advice, send them links, everything, and then when you look back and you're like, oh, okay, just checking on them. When you look and you're like, did they do anything? No. But uh, yeah. but you know what the thing that I will say is my audience they are very much so action takers in the way that if they sign up to speak with me usually there's action that will be taken from that and they will book follow up sessions which to me says you're ready to do the work and you're you're really immersing yourself in this and you're doing the work but I think that's one thing that a lot of people are missing they see the results that all these other people around them have, or sometimes the perceived results, but they don't really realize what this person may have sacrificed to get there and how long they may have been working at this. Because like you said, there's a lot of people that don't think that it's work. They think you just show up, take pretty pictures, do a couple things, and then you keep it moving. But there's a strategy to a lot of this too. Can you talk about maybe like, because I know of what's of interest to a lot of people is, oh, sponsors and brand partnerships and things like that. They think that that's their way to the golden ticket. Can you talk about how to strategically navigate those types of situations or how maybe you have approached it, whether it be with Fashion Bomb Daily or now with your personal brand? Yeah, I think it's about um, diversifying your offerings, A, and B, trying to see how you can add value to other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for us, you know, with Fashion Bomb, we have advertising. With me, I, I do brand ambassadorships and, and collaborations and speaking. But also consultations is something that I've, um, I've started to do because I, I, I noticed that, you know, we'll have designers who advertise with us. They might not see a return and, and they'll get uh, they'll be a little frustrated. And then mm-hmm. I look at the quality of their pictures or that, you know, their, their Instagram page, which is a business page is full of selfies or pictures <laughs> of their friends. And I'm like, you know, you guys don't need to advertise with us. You actually need some consultation so that you can, 
totally um, edit, edit your, your page so that you're right. more marketable to potential customers. Um, and events for us is also a huge thing. As I mentioned, we're having um, combos with Claire in Atlanta this Saturday. But combos with Claire started off as something. It was a meet and greet for people who wanted to meet me. Um, and I remember the first year we did it, uh, we, we lost money. <laughs> um, and I was okay. like, uh, maybe this isn't the best idea. <laughs> like, it's a lot of work and a yeah. lot of travel. And I'm here sleeping on my friend's couch, you mm-hmm. know, going to DC and sleep, you know, uh, staying with friends and driving and, and all this stuff. But yeah. then, you know, you, you figure out that there is a demand for it, for what you're doing. And then you're like, okay, now I can find sponsors and we can have vendors and we can sell tickets. So you find a way to make whatever you're doing, if there's a demand for what you're doing, or if you have any sort of expertise, or if you can bring people together or, or uplift people, mm-hmm. then you can find a way to turn that into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people, it doesn't sound like the people who follow your your podcast are like this, <laughs> but some people can get discouraged because things don't work immediately. Right. That's true. Talk about that a little bit more because you, like you said, you lost money the first time around. But you kept going. So there was there had to be something that let you know, okay, maybe I should keep trying. Maybe I should keep going with this and not exactly like give up now that I lost money. Yeah. And 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 that was just from the pure um, experience of it, seeing how people were so excited about it, seeing how many people turned out mm-hmm. and understanding because ticket sales won't get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know? You need sponsors. You do need all, all these different aspects to really put on a beautiful production. So it was about figuring out how to make it profitable. Right. And, and knowing that there's a demand here. There are people here in different cities who do not have fashion networking events. They don't have an opportunity for mentorship. Mm. Um, the whole idea of fashion to me has always been one where people, it, it's like, you can't get in. Mm-hmm. You're not Thin enough, you're not fly enough, you don't have enough money, um, you know, you exclusive. can't work. yeah. It's super exclusive and it can make people feel bad. Exactly. So my events and, and the whole point of my movement is to make people feel empowered mm. and that if they're interested in this, then they can they they can make it in this business. But it's about us getting together and networking and learning from each other. And and me just keep going. I always just I keep going if it's something that I'm passionate about and if it's something I'm like, okay, let me just figure out how to make this work. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when I was doing outreach for my Atlanta event, um, I saw a young woman, I had hosted a, a similar event um, in Atlanta a few years ago and I was reaching out to her to see if you know she wanted to come and I saw that she did her first event in 2015 and that that's the last time she did it like she was like (laughs) and in that thing the Facebook page hadn't been updated since 2015 her her email address doesn't work anymore and I think it's important for people to know that most people will quit yeah. Most people will quit. Um, and, and and I also, it's interesting, the whole quit idea, because for me, for example, I'll just, I'll do a little bit of swimming around in my story. So I was at Real Simple Magazine 
I really wanted to work in fashion. I wasn't ha- getting any headway. I was even trying to f- interview at Vogue and Marie Claire. So, and I wasn't getting through, but I knew in my heart that I wanted to work in fashion. I had a degree in French and I decided mm-hmm. um, to quit my job and, and move to Paris and try to start from the bottom. I told myself, if I have to start from the bottom, I'll do it in a foreign country where right. I can justify being an intern. And by learning the language there. Um, it took me a year and a half to get into Paris Vogue, which was my goal to mm. get an internship at Paris Vogue, but I was able to break in there. And um, my goal with uh, Paris Vogue was to stay there. Like I really enjoyed doing the internship. My boss was not very nice to me and it was kind of a very <laughs> weird culture clash. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a French, that's a, that's a whole nother discussion. But, you know, I... I wrote, I did everything that that one should do when wanting to manifest something. Like I manifested myself into that building. And then towards the end of my internship, I wrote down on the mirror every day, like I will work at Paris Vogue full time and all this stuff. And when it came down to it, I wasn't offered an extension on my internship. I wasn't offered a job. They were like, see you later, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did have to kind of give up on that dream. But and that was beyond my control. You know, right. I wasn't going to continue running there and knocking on the door like, please, you know, that yeah. wasn't what I did. But I was able to pivot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same month that I did not get this uh, extension with um, with Paris Vogue, I got my first big check from blogging. I finally figured it out, how to make money from blogging. And I was able to live full time from blogging since that moment. So I would yeah. say for anyone listening... It's not that your dream is not available to you because I do feel like, you know, um, God's gift to you is your life and your gift to God is what what you do with your life. And I do feel that we all have this mission. We have different goals and, and missions in life and they don't come from nowhere. They, I think they're assignments from, from God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have a mission and you set out to do it, but what it looks like can be different. So it's not a matter of quitting. Maybe it's a matter of quitting doing it in that way, mm-hmm. but you know, try it this way and maybe mm-hmm. this way will be better for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just always keep, 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 keep yourself open to an alternative possibility. No, I was not able to be a fashion writer at Paris Vogue, but yes, I was able to be a fashion writer for my own vehicle, which has opened way more doors and changed my life in an even bigger way than Paris Vogue ever would have. Yes. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. That was a word right there. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's because there's this negative connotation with quitting. People Mm -hmm. here quit and they think that that means you gave up, you failed, like something bad or negative, but it's not always that. Sometimes you have to know when to walk away from something in order to walk into something else. But Mm -hmm. like you said, you have to be open to the possibilities and the options that are out there because things will not always take shape how you expect them to. So if if you're looking for things to happen and work out this one way, you might miss your blessing over to the left or to the right because you can't see it. You know, you're just so busy, like laser focused on this one thing. So I really appreciate you sharing that because that's that's very uh, valuable advice and how people are making transitions today. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like there's always something happening and you're being pulled in all these different directions because what you see other people doing. When it's time to expand your team, look no further than Indeed. 
Indeed knows it's a cautious time for businesses across America. Uncertainty, so many decisions, financial commitments. So now your next hire is more crucial than ever. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, you heard me right, Indeed is going to get you the hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering SPQ listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash SPQ. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash SPQ. Terms and conditions apply offer valid through September 30th, 2020. You know, we have a lot more exposure now to what other people are doing than we had even like five years ago, you know? So that can be distracting to people. So I'm glad that you shared that. So I want to talk about um, your your plot twist, let's say, because we've, we've really dug into Fashion Bomb Daily and what you created this amazingness with this. But something happened where things had to shift for you. And I know that you've mentioned before, you know, you were like an introvert. And um, when we spoke prior, you were saying how you were an introvert. And, you know, it, I got the feeling that you wanted to sort of stay behind the scenes with Fashion Bomb mm-hmm. Daily. So talk to us a little bit about how things shifted with the Fashion Bomb Daily and how you had to sort of come to the forefront and what that was like. Yeah. So I noticed that, for example, when when a lot of fashion brands would do outreach to influencers, they would tap a particular group of, of influencers who were great, mm-hmm. but I just didn't really understand why I wasn't included. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always yeah. the one to shoot for shoot for the stars, want to be top of the class. That's just my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I did some self reflecting and noticed that everybody who was front row or being invited to all these events, they were the faces of their brand. Um, and so I realized that I couldn't, like me just having an editorial site or entertainment site was not enough, even if we had a lot of, of traffic and that I needed to push myself to the forefront of my brand. And, and it did, it did end up paying off, but it was tough. Um, you know, like the internet can be a cruel place and, and especially as someone who, who just likes to write, it's kind of like a new job to get up and get dressed and take pictures and all these things and the hair and the makeup and all that. It's, it's definitely, definitely, um, a second job, but, uh, so I, even so many opportunities open for me when, when I was able to do that, including, you know, ambassadorships for Toyota, um, Reebok, Curel, Nivea. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think that, you know, having a personal aspect to the brand, like, you know, we don't really know. We know who's behind a lot of the the big sites. I think, you know, if you do your research, you can find out who's behind, let's say, the shade room. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me to be a, a, an integral part of it, it added a personal touch. Um, it added something genuine that people could could 
direct their feelings towards, whether good or bad. Normally it's good because we like to keep things positive. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's, it's, it's definitely strengthened the overall brand and allowed us to survive even after our Instagram snafu. You know, you know our Instagram, we experienced an issue with, with that. Um, and, uh, you know, thankfully we still had the Claire Selmer's brand that was going strong. We still had our combos with Claire events. I still had, you know, my speaking engagements and all these other things. So me putting myself out there ultimately did pay off in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to be sometimes under, not under a microscope, but, to be, to be the face. But, you know, if you, if you want to, to take things further, especially in fashion, then you, you just have to put yourself out there and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot more the name of the game now is people do want to know who's behind the brands that they love engaging with. So it it has become more of the norm, but I'm sure that that doesn't take away any of the potential scrutiny. So you mentioned the Instagram snafu. Um, for those who aren't aware and don't really know what happened, just briefly tell us sort of uh, what happened and how that sort of impacted you and your business. You know, we we make mistakes. Sometimes you make mistakes, you know. <laughs> right. We're human. Time, you know, innocently. And, you know, even, I, I, you know, the other day we posted an image from one of our long-time advertisers, uh, Weapons Will Form. And we were like, oh, they're, you know, they're a sponsor of Convos with Claire. So, um, you know, and and this brand has grown with us over the years and gotten bigger and bigger. But uh, we posted a picture of a blogger who, um, we couldn't see her face. And (laughs) Weapons Will Form also didn't tag her. Mm. We went ahead and we put our Convos with Claire logo on the picture and posted it. And I was just whistling along and and then I got um, a DM from her text message saying, you know, I see you're using my picture to promo and I didn't give you permission. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't even know that. Right. And thankfully she was cool. And I was like, is it okay if I tag you? And she was like, yes. Um, but there are some pictures that are, uh, you know, just tagging someone is not enough. Mm-hmm. Deleting it is not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a new business to report photos until your account is taken down. And Really? So, yeah. Yeah. And it actually, it just happened to um, Hollywood Unlocked. You know, I think oh. Fashion Bomb Daily was maybe one of the first in our sphere where that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just happened to Hollywood Unlocked. And there is a solution. You know, we can reach a settlement and all these things. So that's something that we're working through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think things like Tumblr or Instagram or even some blogs, you're just like, oh, it's for entertainment and it's just fun. And you're using the picture as a reference to talk about something else. But, you know, we, we do get advertisers, return advertisers that come back and, and grow with us. And the photographers are like, we want to, we want some of that too. Right. So, um, so that's what happened. But, you know, I think with anything, cause when it happened, it was devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something we have a team of, of six people that we had updating day and night. Um, and, and it was fun for us, you know, when we mm-hmm. had fashion bomb kids and fashion bomb men and all these different things. And we were like, I remember 
the day it happened, it was like a couple days after the Met Gala. And I was like, we are killing it. And I put yeah. in the profile, I was like, we the best, you know? And yeah. I was like, this is, this is it. And and then the, the Friday, I think it was Friday that it happened. We had a editorial with Black China. And so she was shouting us out and it was like, the best week ever mm-hmm. and then it all came, came crashing down and when it all came crashing down you um, mean that your account was disabled yeah yeah okay temporarily okay. disabled we're still keeping hope alive we can get it back but yes the interesting thing is you know I think I went through so many different stages of grief from like you know, anger to despair to but um I think in my career, I'm not that old. Um, but you know, I've I've been here before. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I quit my job and moved to Paris, I didn't have everything lined up. I didn't have a ton of money saved. I just knew that I had this dream and and things were messed up. I was sleeping on a tub. Um the day mm. before I went to Paris Vogue, I didn't have enough money to eat. So my friend Ellen bought me like a number three meal from McDonald's. Aww. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I was able to catapult from from that low to like make Making more money than I than I'd ever made in my life from following my passion, um, and I think a lot of times you can be like, "Oh, this is great," and you're just going to maintain and keep growing and growing and growing. But what I've learned through, like every morning, I, I listen to motivational tapes to keep keep myself up and going and motivated. I listen to Les Brown and Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins and Philip Tracy and all these people. But, you know, anybody who is successful is going to deal with low points. And you can look at even Puff Daddy, who I look up to so much, he's mm-hmm. dealt with, you know, the passing of his best friend and, and arrest, arrests and all these different wow. things. Times when you thought that maybe he wouldn't make it through, mm-hmm. but, you know, you don't have to accept the temporary hiccup as a permanent situation. And, and, and it's really all mental and just being like, I refuse to accept this as my reality. And I'm going to figure out how to learn from my past mistakes mm-hmm. just to keep going, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, and, and a big thing about what I'm talking about in uh, at Combos with Claire Atlanta this Saturday is about brands and the strength of a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking to someone, his name is no, hashtag no IG Jeremy. He's not on Instagram. But this, <laughs> no IG Jeremy, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a stylist in Atlanta and he styles Portia, Phaedra, Quad, Toya, Regine. He styles all these women in Atlanta with no Instagram, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then we also have a, a man, Alonzo Ar- Arnold, who's a hairstylist who has over 800,000 followers, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like you, you can have a brand, your brand can be big on social media or not, but it's really right. about your brand. It's about the promise. It's about your authenticity. It's what you, you bring to people. And because we have a strong brand, we're going to survive whether or not we get our 1.4 million back or not. Mm-hmm. You know, Fashion Bomb Daily ha- has made a mark in its own way through that consistency and that quality over, over 10 years. So Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think people should, in general, just be just understand that the the valleys will come with the hills. There are the valleys. Right. Try to prepare yourself as best you can for mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. but but know that it'll 
it'll come and that it's just a passing phase and it's a it's a test. You have to pass the test to testify. So to keep the faith. I don't know how spiritual you are, but I just I'm faithful. Yeah. I always try to say what is God trying to teach me through this and mm-hmm. you learn and then you grow and become better. Mm-hmm. It, this makes me think of sort of like the personal development work, especially when you talk about, you know, in the morning, listening to people that are motivational and things of that nature. Has that always been um, something that you've done? Like uh, how important is personal development and professional development? How important is that in your life and what sort of like role has that played, especially through this transition time where you're tapping into your personal brand more? You know, I think it's been everything and it was not always, you know, it wasn't always something that I focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really what, what happened is that this, 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 our Instagram was disabled. It was kind of like this huge roadblock or, or seeming roadblock. And it forced me to pay more attention to um, self-reflection um, mm-hmm. and becoming better. Before before this happened, you know, I'm a self-help, like I, I will read every single self-help book. <laughs> All my books are like four hour work week, week think and grow rich, the magic right. of big, how to make millions from your ideas. Like I voraciously read a lot of these books, but I think that, you know, and I need, I need to level, I needed to level up and, and this, this situation, it really forced me to be like, how can I become better? How can I streamline? How can I become stronger mentally? So the whole 5am waking up thing is something that I started because of this. Cause I'm like, Ooh. I'm going to have to work more. I need, I need more time. I'm going to get in shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to get right mentally. I'm going to become more organized. I'm going to study um, the people who have made it to see how they've done it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to show up on time. Just mm. little things, you yes. know? Yes. Before yes. I thought it was cute to be like 15 minutes late, fashionably late. Everybody <laughs> like Claire's late again uh, no you know no surprise and I'm like nope gotta show up early because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking myself serious and you know I think because I started fashion bomb as a hobby for a long time I treated it as a hobby even mm-hmm. though it's serious business but now it's like I've really had to dissect the business because we we reached this roadblock and not just dissect the business but also myself and how I can be a better leader and and just a better person you know because at the end of the day I think a lot of times I get so caught up in the business and sometimes I neglect my friends um (laughs) sometimes I neglect my family I'll I'll do it you know what I mean I'll be like no I can't even yesterday my friends were like can we go to Soho house and I was like no I gotta work Um, (laughs) but you know I think that this has also shown me what a beautiful network of people I have not just you know, family, but friends who are there for me, you know, because they recognize that, that I'm I'm serious about what I'm doing. They support me. Mm -hmm. So many people, they're like, I'm so proud of you. How can I help you? You know? So I think that the business part is great, but you should try to find a way to always 
also pour into your friends and family, your network, because those are the people who are going to catch you when, when everything else falls down. Absolutely. And I want to talk about your comfort zone and, 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 and the ways that you've expanded that comfort zone, because, you know, you mentioned being an introvert and you also mentioned having a uh, speech coach and an acting coach. And I'm sure that through this, this transition, you've had to, like you said, do some self-reflection and then decide on some things that you are going to do that would probably not be so comfortable for you, but that you know could potentially benefit you in the long run. Talk to us a little bit about some of those experiences and what you've been sort of working on to expand that comfort zone. Yeah, I'm an introvert. I I was always shy in school. I would never speak up in class. My mm. teachers would always write on my report card that I was, I was a quiet leader. Um, I would. <laughs> I remember getting having nightmares about giving presentations in really? class. Oh yeah, and like counting down the days and be like, oh my god, you know. And then I do it, and it was fine. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think just as putting myself out there as a face of my brand is important, having a voice is important, mm-hmm. and and everything that I'm doing with speaking at combos with Claire, or speaking as a host, or giving keynotes, or talking on panels, this is another way to enhance not just my brand, but me as a person. Mm-hmm. And you don't benefit from from being fearful of staying in your comfort zone, of playing small. Like if like God put us all here to shine, mm-hmm. you know, to to shine our lights for the world to see, to benefit the world in whatever way. And I feel like God put a calling on my life to do this, even though I'm like half the time, I'm like, I want to do this. You know, like I don't want to <laughs> be in front of all these people. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I remember I gave my first keynote maybe two years ago mm-hmm. and it was just like, Oh no, Claire, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there was a girl there who was, who was my, fr- you know, my, my colleague. And she was like, it was okay. And I was like, I never want to have that feeling again. You know, okay. I never want to like underperform, okay. but I, I know that, you know, I have a story, I have a testimony, I have something to share mm-hmm. um, and, and that this could benefit the world. So how do I do that? And I think sometimes you can feel discouraged if you give like a less than stellar performance or even with Fashion Bomb TV, I remember that um, somebody wrote a comment and they were like, I think you should have a correspondent and not you do it because you're just not good at it. Oh, um, it's Fashion Bomb TV and this is my brand. So I'm yeah. Of it. And yeah. <laughs> if I have to go to acting class or, or invest in a speech coach, then mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do mm-hmm. because this is, this is the calling that God has put on my life. Um, and, and don't just say no to fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Right. Just do it. Just do it and you will get better and better and better with time. You don't have to be great to start, but if you don't start, you won't be great. So true. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. so just 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 do it. Um yeah. sit at the front of the class, speak up, like whatever is is in your in your gut, in your intuition to do, then then do it and, and act on it and stop second guessing yourself. Stop thinking of the negative. A lot of times we are harder on ourselves than other people are on us. Okay. Um, so so get rid of the, that whole negative speak and and step into to your purpose, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. 
out of your strengths, which ones have you realized to significantly help you to get to where you are right now? Um, I think it's, it's persistence and, okay. and being consistent and not taking anything personally, you know, mm, that's a big one. It's a big one, you know, yeah. cause especially when it comes to dealing with celebrities and, you know, it's, it's that this sort of, it's a fake business, you know, you have <laughs> fake friends, people who will rock with you when you're up uh-huh. for something, they're uh-huh. gone or whatever, but, um, that's fine. Just be like, okay. And, and just stay focused on, on what you're doing. Um, but it really, when I looked at this young woman who had an event in Atlanta in 2015 and never did it again. And I was looking to, to invite her to my event. Yeah. I'm like, wow, Claire, you just keep going. Like you yeah. just, just keep going mm-hmm. and, and try to be positive, get a great team. I know it sounds like I do everything by myself, but I have a great team of young women who are passionate and willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work so that I can continue to grow the brand. Um, so many great advertisers that, that we work with that, that help support the brand and some who have become friends. Um, so, you know, I think take, take account of all the great blessings that you have, you know, and, and, and understand that even if it's a note from one person being like, you know, I, I love what you do, or I read your book and I, and I really enjoyed it, that, that, that should be enough encouragement to keep going because most people quit. Right. Right. Most people will just stop. That's, the, the, that's the easy thing to do. That's the easy thing to do. So be that person who is the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in general, it's a, it's about being exceptional, you know? And, and like when I wake up at 5 a.m., I notice a difference between when I wake up at 5 a.m. and when I wake up at 6 a.m. Really? Not a lot of people outside at 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> 6 a.m., people are starting to move around by yes. 7 forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to be a part of that 1%, the talented 10th or whatever? I don't know if the talented 10th phrase is controversial or not, but <laughs> do you want to be a part of that, those exceptional people who go over and above and who do more than, than the average? Mm-hmm. Um, and my answer is always yes. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. And, and that's, 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 one of those things where you have to decide, you know, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, the, the universe, the world, people around you, nobody's going to decide for you how great you're going to be. You have to decide how great you're going to be, how great you want to be. And then you have to put in that work for it. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you have on the personal side, do you have any personal care routines or any personal care indulgences that sort of help you stay balanced through all of the chaos and hecticness of life yeah i mean honestly the 5 to 8 a.m period is mm-hmm. all about it and when really I, yeah and when i sleep late like i slept a little late today i'll admit it but when you sleep <laughs> late you are uh you're um i slept till like 5 30 but when you Ooh. sleep late, you're you're cutting into your personal time mm-hmm. so i take that time and i even have that time organized where I like run or walk for an hour or so. I get a, a Starbucks because if I don't, then I'll fall back asleep. And then, you know, the rest of the time I read or I meditate or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I eat a nice uh, breakfast. I'll have some tea maybe and, and just relax. And that's my time to, to 
take care of my mental state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at 8 a.m., the work starts and the planning starts and the day starts. But just kind of carving out that time for yourself um, and, and trying to be disciplined with it and also understanding, you know, I've tried and, and failed to do the 5 a.m. rule before. And on my website, thebomblife.com, you know, you can you can just search 5 a.m. and see, like, I was trying to do it two years ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, nah, I want to wake up at 9 a.m. But um, <laughs> you, know, you have to commit, like, you have to commit to greatness and, mm-hmm. and commit to, to doing more than, than the average, if that's what, if, if you want to be successful. So a lot of times it's about that self-discipline. Um, yeah. I posted a, a video with, from Will Smith, um, on my page and he was like, this guy told me he wanted to be an actor. And I was like, and he said that most people are not willing to do what it takes to really be an actor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's true. Like I've heard for years about the 5am rule. You can hear for years about, you know, working out or, or, you know, not, not going out and, you know, staying in and all these things. And you're like, you know, you don't do it cause you don't want to do it. Right. But a lot of times it's about doing what you don't want to do at the time to have tomorrow, you know, more than, than you could ever imagine. There's this mm-hmm. phrase, I, I love to say it, I always get it wrong, but I think it's do today what others don't have tomorrow, what others won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about that sacrifice. If people could take away one thing from your story, what would you want it to be? Um, I would say to anyone listening to follow your gut and that passion in your heart, figure out what, what you were put on this earth to do. Um, even if it's a a very general outline, you know, at first I was like, I want to be a writer and that, that is big for me writing, but you know, I think it's, it's going through and, and trailblazing and fashion and diversifying and finding inspiration and making people feel welcome, um, in a kind of very cold industry. But, um, I would say find out what you want to do and, and work every day towards it, um, and stay inspired, mm-hmm. always stay inspired, but, but look at the signs and follow them. Right. Um, and, 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 and it'll, it'll happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to note that thing, it's not going to be this serene road. Like <laughs> I think there are going to be lots of situations, whether it's people or circumstances that will try to dissuade you or deter you or get you off course. But um, just stay the course. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit um, about the book and sort of how did that come about for you? Obviously, you're a writer, but was that one of those things where you had to go through the process of like pitching to write this book and get it published? Or because of your sort of, I guess, presence as an influencer, was it one of those situations where someone said, hey, you can write a book, whatever book you want to write, and we'll publish it? How did that sort of take shape? So I self-published The Bond Life. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And um, I... I, you know what? I've always had a book in me. I've been mm-hmm. writing, you know, I, I recorded my whole time in Paris because I didn't have much to do sometimes. Um, <laughs> but the interesting thing about me and books, because I'm working on a couple books now, including a sequel to The Bomb Life and the Fashion Bomb Daily book, which I mentioned to you. But um, mm-hmm. it, it, I think 
you know, I, my idea of success is like ten million dollars, you know, and then I'm in the bank, and then I'll be fine. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> start just to that, just that small amount. But um, I, I was like, I'm not ready to write a book. I don't think you know I'm successful yet. I don't think I've reached that pinnacle yet. And my mom was like, just write, just write it, you know, mm. just just go for it. And also, um, I have a mentor who also encouraged me to just write it. And I think, you know, sometimes we're looking for this happy ending. And that's actually what is happening with my second book. I have a, a title in mind. Mm-hmm. And the title describes this place where I am that I'm not at right now. Okay. So I'm like, I can't finish the book because I'm not there yet. And I think it's important to just be like, you can write a book now and then write one later. It's okay. You don't have to have accomplished absolutely everything that that you want. But, you know, for me, The Bomb Life is a story of how I created the fashion bomb and up until this point and tips to bloggers who want to start their own social media site and how they can gain advertisers and all these things. But, you know, it's part one and it, and it was born of me being asked the question frequently, how did you start fashion bomb and, and how can I, how can I start a blog? So instead of ask that question over and over and over again at different right. cocktails with Claire events, I decided to write a book. So mm. that, 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 that's part one, but I think part two will be about, you know, How do you maintain? Because, you know, Concrete Loop and a lot of the sites that were around when I first started, they have stopped. Yes. (laughs) They're like, I quit. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Um, And I was very, you know, I was proud of myself for being able to make that transition over to social media because I don't think many of my counterparts were able to do that. I mean, a lot of us, especially if you had a popping website, you're mm-hmm. always going to be married to the site. And you're like, I have to update the site. And I would see so many of them be like, okay, well, here's part of the story. See more on the site. Yeah. You had to like, I had to break myself of that need to have all these views on the site and be like, okay, everything is going on Instagram and that's okay. You know, mm. but, um, I was, I was, it's so wed to Instagram and I was proud of being able to, to make that transition. But then Instagram was like, ha ha, you know, but it's not, it's really not about the medium. It's Mm -hmm. about the person behind it. And and Mm -hmm. how can you show people that, that you can keep going and you can be successful no matter what. Um, I went to the on the run concert in LA and Jay-Z has this, uh, this um, lyric and I don't know what song it is but he was like drop me off anywhere he was like I'm a hustler drop me off anywhere and I'll, and, and I'll triple whatever I have or something like that uh-huh. and I was like Jay Z, uh huh. Jay Z might be on to something. Me too. There are some people who are just warriors, you know. And and I've taken people have seen me on this whole journey from doing everything by myself to having a bunch of contributors. Um, like from walking out, from fighting, fighting with people at sample sales and me breaking my Bronx shoe while walking down the street. I mean, I have stories from 2007 where I was wearing knockoffs. I wore a knockoff that I got in China. Uh Guy was like, somebody, I was at a sample sale and I put my scarf down and this guy was like, can, can somebody move this knockoff Burberry scarf? And I was like, oh, As if. (laughs) (laughs) But I have stories like that, you know, to me, like, 
mm-hmm. going to galas and hanging out with Puff Daddy and all these things. So people have seen my journey and it's right. literally just been hard work, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's what I want to share with people that anything is possible. If you just work hard, things, things are going to go left, but it's really about you keep having your mind right and, and just staying focused on a bigger vision and trying to contribute to people, not making it about yourself all the time. And I'm cute and look at my new shoes or whatever, but how are you servicing the people who come to you and are you interacting with them? Do you, are you happy that they're there? Are you, are you treating them like they're friends and not just some random number, you know, that, that or a like or something like that. And I think that that's part of any great brand is be, be authentic one and actually caring about your customer and, and whoever is, is following you. Um, yeah, I love that. That's, that's a perfect way to uh, wrap everything up. You, you summed it up well. <laughs> so for those who are living under a rock and unfamiliar, please let everybody know where they can continue to experience you, follow you, keep up with you and all that good stuff. Yes. So, so many places. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Claire Somers, at Fashion Bomb Daily Meg. We started a backup page. That's popping. Nice. Um, also, FashionBombDaily.com, TheBombLife.com, ClaireSomers.com. And if any of your readers are in Atlanta on Saturday, they should definitely come to Combos with Claire and they can get their tickets at CWCATL.Eventbrite.com. And so for those who maybe will miss the Atlanta event, um, is this going to be an ongoing thing? Like more cities, are they already slated or will they just have to look out for additional cities? Yes. So we are having our New York event in December and each year we um, find five or so cities in the States where we have these events, but I've done them in Paris and London and Lagos Mm -hmm. and, and I actually wanted to do one in Accra, Ghana and December you know I'm always open if y'all want to bring fashion bomb or me to your town then you know be sure to reach out but you know we're working to create like a a very strong community even you know one of the stylists who used to work frequently with fashion bomb daily he passed away earlier this year and Michael Knight passed away I want to say last year and these things happen they seem so suddenly and it's like we're all connected but we really need to uh, have a stronger connection and, and, and teach people, you know, like, as I mentioned, advertisers, some of our wonderful advertisers, you know, we can have workshops on this. We can have workshops for designers. Mm-hmm. We can have workshops for influencers, you know, so it doesn't have to be like this one-off thing, but actually, you know, something where we're, we're actually teaching people how to, how to, how to break into fashion and not just how to break in, but how to, to survive and thrive. So yeah, thrive. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really like that you touch on that because so many people think that once they reach a certain level or get to a certain space in life or achieve what they wanted to achieve, they don't want to reach back in and teach other people or, or connect with other people because I think sometimes there's this fear that somebody's going to take your place or you don't want to teach people everything that you know. But, you know, the more that we're all able to sort of like grow together, I think the better off everyone will be because then there there won't be that 
scarcity mentality. You know, it's like, it's not necessary. There's a lot of other people that don't operate from that space. I think it's just reconditioning ourselves so that we realize that we don't have to always think that someone's going to take our spot and take our shine. It goes back to what you said before. You are unique. You're unique in what you bring to any situation, to what you bring to any table, to what you can offer to the world. So you have to be confident in that and knowing that even if someone does the same thing, the exact same thing as you, they will not do it how you do it. So it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. What yeah. God has for you is for you and no exactly. one can take it away from you. Um, and, you know, I, I came up with a lot of competition, um, not that many mentors. My brother was my first mentor, which is wow. kind of funny, but, you know, <laughs> in fashion, I really didn't feel as if there were, there were any blueprints for, for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I always want to be that change that, that I want to see in the world and, and just provide resources. People can choose to take the advice or not, but at least yep. the, the, it, it's available to them. So yes, that, yes. that's what we'll be working on for next year. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, Claire, for sharing your story with us, for taking the time to just um, pour into the audience because you've done some amazing things. And there's a whole community of people that appreciate all the work that you've put in all these years to develop um, this brand of Fashion Bomb Daily and as well as your personal brand because people want to get to know (laughs) the amazing star, the woman behind all of this creation. So thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for having me, for, for lending your platform to me for this past hour. I know there are so many people that you could have interviewed, but, you know, you chose little me and, and I appreciate it. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Continue success. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Same to you. And as always, you guys, keep killing it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley. Women and entrepreneurs of color traditionally have a hard time accessing capital to start or grow their businesses. Join Vice Chairman Carla Harris as she introduces us to the dynamic investors, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and others working to close the funding gap for these entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe to Access and Opportunity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley. Women and entrepreneurs of color traditionally have a hard time accessing capital to start or grow their businesses. Join Vice Chairman Carla Harris as she introduces us to the dynamic investors, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and others working to close the funding gap for these entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe to Access and Opportunity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.